Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right. We are the new definition of color commentary. I am Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of conservatism, fighting for freedom, free speech, and freedom of thought. We just don't do groupthink here. Uh, you can check us out at our website at inblackandright.net. You can also send us questions, comments, uh, through our email at inblackandright at gmail.com. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Manic Monday. <laughs> and yes, it is pretty darn manic. And before we start out on today's adventure, let's basically get ourselves in the proper frame of mind. <laughs> Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> it is definitely the proper mood music to get us ready for one rough episode today. Now, of course, the top news item, of course, is still the Ukraine and Putin's war in the Ukraine. Russian troops are still making their advance towards Kiev. Uh, you had the UK Daily Mail with an interesting headline uh, just a few days ago. Putin's Stalingrad, which is an interesting historical reference to what happened in Stalingrad during World War II between the Nazis and the Russians. Uh, if you are a student of history, you know what that means, but there's too much to go through today, so we're loaded to the gills. I mean, I will probably do a little bit of history lesson on that, but not today. Right now, we've got um, pushing three million 3 million refugees trying to get out of the Ukraine. Still, uh, the vast majority, well, maybe not the vast majority, but a very healthy majority are retreating to Poland, and God bless the Polish people for their kindness in opening their nation and their hearts to help these refugees, because Lord knows their history with the Russians, uh, they know how vicious and cruel they can be. So God bless the Polish people. But on that front, we now have uh, Zelensky, President Zelensky, who is going to be addressing a joint session of Congress this Wednesday, uh, not in D.C. Uh, he's going to be doing it virtually. But yes, he is going to be addressing Congress. Now, I can understand to a degree what's going on because they want, because yes, we want to help the Ukrainian people. Yes, we definitely do because we are a kind-hearted nation. But some of the stuff that really makes me think, because I'm not buying the whole line, because I don't think there's any 100% uh, pure motive, really, and I, either way I look at it. 
We have the Russians and their propaganda. The Ukrainians are doing their propaganda. And the American media is doing theirs. But one vital question still has yet to be answered. Why are we there? Why are we getting involved? Now, I'm not talking about sending troops, but just being involved. Because the way I'm looking at this and many other national security analysts and experts are looking at this, we don't have a dog in the fight, folks. We don't have a dog in the fight. And nobody, not in the Biden administration, nobody in Congress seems to be making the case. Now, that makes me nervous. It makes me very nervous because when you're dealing with a guy like Vladimir Putin, who is not exactly the most stable guy in many respects, you're basically playing, well, if you'll pardon the pun, Russian roulette with this guy. And the prevailing wisdom just ain't cutting it because we now have the law of unintended consequences about ready to go to work. Now, if we're going to be sending these fighter jets from Poland over there, we don't know what's going to happen with Putin. We don't know what his reaction would be. We don't. And anybody who says they do is lying. I mean, lying. Now, I'm not exactly sure what Zelensky's speech to a joint session of Congress is looking to uh, what his conclusion is, what does he want to achieve by making it, we've already passed another $1.5 trillion worth of spending. Yes, there was Ukrainian aid included in the bill, but $1.5 trillion more dollars that we're spending at a time when we have inflation like crazy? I mean, 7.9% right now that we had in February. In March, I fully expect it to be well over 8%. Gas prices are not coming down, and it's still not Vladimir Putin's fault, as much as Jen Psaki and the Biden administration would like to tell you. What ultimately is our reason for getting involved? That's the question that needs to be asked and answered. If not, get ready, folks, because we don't know what's going on. We don't know how this is going to affect us as a nation, our economy, because the Biden administration has launched full-on warfare, economic warfare against the Russians. The ruble is depleted. Yes, we've also approved a ban on Russian oil and gas imports, but yet we're still, as the United States, loaded to the gills with energy, plenty of oil, plenty of natural gas, but we still have the Biden administration lying like a dog, deflecting blame, and bending over and grabbing the ankles for the green raw dealers, the eco-freaks, environmaniacs, and other such 
other such individuals. We need real solutions. We have them at our disposal. Now, the Biden administration can't say that energy independence is impossible. We've already done it. We've already done it. Donald Trump proved it was possible. We were, at least until about a year and a half ago, the number one energy exporter in the world. The governor of Alaska, Governor Dunleavy, has said that Alaska is loaded, loaded in energy, awash in energy. But yet, because some two-thirds of Alaska is federal land, they can't get permits to build pipelines. They can't drill in Anwar. They can't do that anywhere. They can't do it in North Dakota. They can't do it in Texas, Oklahoma, Western Pennsylvania, anywhere where you can find oil and natural gas aplenty. And what really blows my mind with these eco-freaks and environmaniacs, they're talking about clean energy. Preeti Pete Buttigieg, our transportation secretary, was such a dingbat. I mean, he is completely out of touch. And he's pushing for, oh, you can just buy electric cars. Really? Have you seen the price of some of these electric vehicles? I mean, it's, it's huge. Some $50,000 in some cases. And yet, in an inflationary economy where people are being squeezed, I mean, squeezed worse than, you know, a python wanting to give you a big hug, you want to talk about electric cars and clean energy? I'd love somebody to tell me. And, and I want to throw this question out. It's not a rhetorical question. Can anybody tell me what clean energy source does not require huge, and I mean ginormous amounts, of government subsidies? I seem to remember just not that long ago, a few years ago, a little company called Solyndra, during the Obama years, they were supposed to be this gray company, and they got all kinds of government subsidies, and the company went belly up. It went belly up. So, and then of course, you want to talk about wind? Oh, baby! Does anybody remember just a couple of years ago, during the winter, when a big freeze hit Texas? Oh, and I have a lot of friends in the Lone Star State who remember that all too painfully well. They had no electricity, their pipes were frozen, and all those wind turbines couldn't do jack squat because they were all frozen. And they were rendered, and many of them were rendered useless. Useless. So, clean energy, I'm not against. But until you can make it more mainstream, not requiring taxpayer subsidies, then drill, baby, drill. It's that simple. Even Elon Musk, Mr. Electric Car himself, Mr. Tesla, as much as he's into clean energy, he's even saying we need to drill for oil and gas because he understands 
If you're going to make electric cars, they have to have electricity to run. And with that, where are you going to get it? You're not going to get enough from wind. You're not going to get enough from solar or anything else. I mean, sure, you can develop all this stuff, biofuels and whatnot, but it's still not going to generate the electricity it needs, our nation needs, our industries need to do the job. They're not. So I don't know what these people are thinking, and I'm not even 100% certain they are thinking. But this is ridiculous. It's a reality, it's reality check time. Even, I was watching Fox the other day. Uh, Lawrence Jones, one of their reporters, were talking to a group of guys who were XL, Keystone XL pipeline workers who were laid off when Biden got the short-sighted idea of shutting down the pipeline. And all of them agreed, hey, you want to get price, you want to get gas prices down? Start, let's get back to work. Let's finish the pipeline and open up the other pipelines. Because even that, it might take a bit for it to happen and for oil and gas to get to, uh, to, get to gas stations and whatnot, but I'm willing to bet you those prices would start to come down if Biden had enough brains to say we're going to open up the Keystone Pipeline. But he can't do that because the eco-freaks and the environmaniacs and the progressive demoncrats would absolutely have a cow. And, well, frankly, if you have a bunch of cows, you're going to get a lot of, well, <laughs> byproduct. <laughs> and, yeah, well, you might as well kiss the carbon, uh, you know, the carbon footprint goodbye. You know, it's going to be just hideous. But... I kind of digress. So yeah, that's pretty nutty. Uh, but with Zelensky coming, it's going to be interesting to see his speech, and I'm going to be looking at covering it on Wednesday. But along the same lines with Zelensky and the Ukraine, this blows my mind. It really, well, actually, it really doesn't blow my mind, but it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are some leftists on daytime TV, namely the shrews of The View, who are probably the most emotionally unbalanced people that you could ever hope to not hear. But yet, I don't know why they've been on for so long on daytime, but man, oh man, these ladies, and frankly, they're dingbats. Now it's like, well, that's very misogynist. I said, no, 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 no. Don't go there. When it comes to dingbats, I do not discriminate. Men, women, black, white, Republican, Democrat, it does not matter. If you're a dingbat, I'm going to call you a dingbat because you're saying or doing things that make no sense and they're just plain dumb. I'm sorry if this is upsetting to some of you who might get easily triggered, but hey, life is rough, folks. Life is very rough, and you're going to have to either accept reality, get a spine, and get a brain, or just spend the rest of your existence just 
constantly ticked off and looking to be ticked off and offended. But the view, I mean, here's our vice president, Kamala Harris, doing a joint news conference in Poland with Polish President Duda. And she's asked the question about Ukrainian refugees. And almost on cue, her cackle showed up and made her look very dumb, very disinterested. She basically screwed the pooch in front of the world press and the leader of an allied nation and a member of NATO. And of course, the criticism of the ill-timed laugh, which is not a first-time deal with Kamala Harris. And now all of a sudden, you've got these ding-dongs at The View saying that, oh, the criticism of Vice President Harris, it's racist and misogynist. That's the truth. I was like, no. No, ladies. I mean, listen to this yourself. Because this makes me... I want to play a little bit of this. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's about uh, almost a minute 45, but I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to play a little bit of it. Yeah, and I don't know that it's about her laughing, because I agree. I think that would be very inappropriate, and that that's something that they do to women. I think that she has gone on multiple occasions a little bit underprepared with, with some of the questions that she's been asked. Lester Holt asked her a pretty basic question that she couldn't answer. So I don't know if it's a staff thing. She's not prepared enough, perhaps... She's not expecting the questions. I don't know what it is, but I think that's the issue. This is like the fourth or fifth time. What it is is that they constantly question the qualifications of black women, and that's why people are saying that she's unprepared. Oh, I disagree. I think she's You can disagree, but that's women. the truth of it. And okay, stop. Sunny, Sunny, shut up. You're looking like another silly black woman. I said, wait a minute. Did you hear what she said? What it is they, she said, and I quote, what it is they constantly question the qualifications of black women. First of all, who is the they there? Hmm? Who's the they? And as far as the qualifications of black women, I happen to know, I can give you one great name who is highly qualified a highly qualified black woman. Ever hear of Condoleezza Rice? Sonny, come on, girl. Wake the heck up. If any black woman is qualified to handle a situation like this, it would be Condoleezza Rice, former National Security Advisor, former Secretary of State, a ton of experience, dealing with the Russians on national security issues. She's a very qualified black woman. I don't remember too many people questioning her qualifications. They just were mad that she was a black woman and she was working for conservative and she's a conservative woman. That's it. That's it, Sonny. Get over yourself, girl. Because what you did in that asinine statement was play three cards at the same time. The race card, the gender card, and the victim card. I'm sorry, Sonny, but no, girl. 
the fact she's not prepared. She is normally ill-prepared. That's why she does the cackle. There's, there is a reason why Kamala Harris keeps having staff resign. There is a reason. And yet, Sonny Hostin, living in her victim world, as I'm a black woman, I'm oppressed, I'm a victim, so what? So what? If she can't do her job, is it any wonder why she's been losing staff left and right? She's hemorrhaging staff. They don't like her. It's awful. And to trot her out on the world stage at a time like this with a crisis like this, like the Ukraine, and she can't handle it, that speaks to her qualifications and her ability to lead, period, Sonny. So I don't know why you want to keep dragging this whole, oh, they, con they constantly, uh, who's they? Be specific, girl, because otherwise you're going to come across as just another sore leftist who's trying to be, oh, I'm a victim. It's, I'm, you cannot be a victim and empowered at the same time. That's the problem, Sonny. That's the problem with the view. They don't, they, you cannot be this empowered, strong woman, and yet one minute, and you are this poor picked upon victim the next. Which is it, girls? I mean, serious. Feminists have been really messing this up for years. Oh, my, 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 my. So, yeah. So, and this is going to keep going as long as Kamala Harris is in the vice president's chair. She's going to do this. She's done this multiple times. There is a pattern here. There's a very detectable pattern if some of y'all are paying attention and you're fair-minded. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to just pfft, say, you know, I'm not going to cut her a pass. This is the time where decisive... Churchillian leadership is needed with clear, with moral clarity and a, very and a very distinct sense of what is the mission, what is our interest, why are we getting involved? Otherwise, it's just adventures in, neo in being a neocon. That's all it really becomes. And yeah. This is pretty crazy. I mean, it's, it's more than a little crazy. I mean, just to give you another example, ladies and gentlemen, of why I am thoroughly convinced that the Biden administration is living in an alternate universe, this story just blows my mind. Now, this was back last Friday. It showed up in townhall.com, and I just about went what this story alone is enough for me to do a wtf and i just might but i'm going to get into this a little bit but the headline from uh townhall.com from last friday the 11th the white house briefed TikTok influencers to prop up biden's handling of the ukraine 
All I could say when I read that was, what? Are, are, are you freaking serious? TikTok influencers becoming propagandists? I mean, it's bad enough you have to deal with the corporate media doing this, but yet now the White House is briefing TikTok influencers to be their propagandist and to take their talking points to social media? I mean, folks, can, can I just briefly, I'm so, oh, mercy, when I'm looking about this, I almost am speechless. Now, it's bad enough, it's more than bad enough, you have the mainstream media doing the dirty work for the Democrats, but now you're bringing TikTok influencers. Now, keep in mind, these are not journalists. At least the vast majority of them are not journalists. They are messed up millennials who are skulls full of mush. They're very left with a messed up sense of morality. And yet they want to go and take the lies and the talking points spewed by Jen Psaki and the Biden administration and take it to TikTok. Now, here's the irony. And... <laughs> Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Here is the irony of this whole mess. Now, TikTok, the app, TikTok, the app, and I, and I run across it, but yet, TikTok, the app, is owned it's by, the, by the Communist Chinese Party. TikTok, the app, is owned by the Ch Communist Chinese government. And yet, <laughs> once again, the Biden administration is using these people as their mouthpieces, as if they don't have enough already in media. <laughs> this is why I thought to myself, oh my God. It's gotten worse than even I thought. When you have a bunch of mentally millennial mental midgets going out there and propping up the nonsensical ideas and the talking points of the administration, you know you're desperate. You know you're desperate. Now, Obama was pretty good dealing with big tech and they were pretty good to him all those years and when trump came along and took social media and used it for his benefit and won in 2016 they were ticked they were severely ticked off and yet now with the suspension of president trump on twitter on facebook but yet, Vladimir Putin is on Twitter. The Chinese government is on Twitter. Uh, even uh, Iran's leadership is still on Twitter. And yet, the Biden administration and Jen Psaki are using these yahoos, these skulls full of serious mush, to continue to influence somehow public opinion amongst millennials 
And I thought to myself, okay, this is going to be interesting to see how this comes out and how this works. It really is. Because now that big tech is getting some serious pushback from tech entrepreneurs. And I said this a couple of years ago. When President Trump got permanently kicked off of Twitter and I said to people, you watch, all you need is some tech entrepreneur to come up with their own platform and basically take it and run with it and go against big tech. So, okay, you got Parler. It was a nice start, but they ran into problems. And now, with the advent of Getter, Rumble, other social media platforms that don't engage in censorship, and now President Trump's Truth Social, which is growing like a weed, and I'm waiting to get on it myself, because as soon as I do, oh yeah, hang on to your socks, folks. It's going to be a blast. There are millions of people who are getting on Truth Social. They are, because Trump knows now that he's not going to get a fair shake from the media. He's not going to get a fair shake from big tech. But yet, he did what not many people would do. He made his own platform to get his message out, and it's growing faster than practically any other alternative out there. Facebook is still a mess. Twitter's still a mess. YouTube is still a mess, especially what they did with President Trump's interview uh, with the Nelly brothers. Five million views and growing when TikTok yanked it. I mean, not TikTok, YouTube. I'm sorry. But yeah, these people are scared. They're totally scared of free speech. They're totally scared of Trump. And they're totally scared of Trump supporters. That's why they constantly talk down in condescending tones to... Uh, to Trump supporters. I mean, they're deplorables. They're unsophisticated. They're, uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's your first mistake. You are not all that in a bag of chips. And Trump supporters, these are hardcore America first patriots. How do I know this? Trump's last rally this past weekend in Florence, South Carolina, it was cold, it was windy, there was rain, there was a tornado warning even, and yet there were thousands upon thousands of people there. In spite of the rain, in spite of the cold, and they were there. They stayed for hours. You know, even you know, President Trump cut his usual speech short because of the weather, but they were ready. They were looking for hope. And a Trump rally had energy, the likes of which the rest of the leftist world cannot deal with. I mean, I was a couple of weeks ago down in Orlando for CPAC. President Trump, I mean, it's essentially it was a mini Trump rally. It really was. There were people there all day. They, the media was there. I was there. I got there at 9 a.m. 
and stayed the whole day. Uh, had to go through security and all that, which is, you know, okay. That's, that, that's okay. That's fine. But there were people there. They were ready to go. They were revved. President Trump didn't even speak until 7 p.m., but yet they were ready all stinking day. And it was off the chain. It was off the chart. And if there were chandeliers in the place, they would have been swinging off of them. So let the left continue to underestimate Trump and his supporters. Let them. They're, they're, it's, no big, it's no real big deal to me because it just validates what Trump supporters feel, whether it's at a conference like CPAC or it's at a fairground. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Arizona was huge. Texas was huge. South Carolina was pretty darn big. Maybe not quite as big, but that's okay. There were still plenty of people there. So yeah, it's going to be fun to watch to see what happens over the next few months. But one last little story that cracks me up. Now, for those of you who are just way too, well, I don't know what the word would be, but if you're still inclined to believe the lie that the 2020 election was perfectly fine, it was okay, you know, Trump needs to just get over it, well, now, this story might change your mind because I know the mainstream media will never publish this story. And this comes from Just the News, which is John Solomon's uh, great news site. And it goes like this. Democrat official in Michigan charged with ballot tampering mis and misconduct in the 2020 election. And I'm going to put this story on... Uh, on the uh, in black and white uh, news page because this once again goes after the lie of the lie now the media has said ever since late 2020 that the election tampering was oh it was a lie it was a perfectly good election it was perfectly secure bs that was before arizona conducted its audit and it took a while. Same with Wisconsin. It took a while. Pennsylvania. They're still going at it. Georgia. Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, in a really pathetic attempt to save his political hide, is now conducting investigations about ballot harvesting and everything else. So, yeah. Now, this story just, well, is one more, uh, one more piece to add to the puzzle. And it's about a woman in the township, uh, Flint Township in, um, in Michigan. And, oh my gosh, it's just crazy. Uh, one paragraph um, in the story that comes from the Michigan Attorney General, um, Nessel uh, is the name. And, oh my gosh. Election, uh, this is just crack, a crack up to me. And this is a quote from the Michigan Attorney General. Election officials must uphold the integrity of their positions, Nessel said. Those who abuse that commitment undermine the very foundation of our democracy. Our department is committed to prosecuting 
election violations regardless of the political party of the perpetrator. Really? Hmm. Well, if that's the case then, you sure as heck, you and your staff missed Detroit in a big way. It, you missed it. You missed it horribly. Because what was going on in Detroit, in Philadelphia, in Phoenix, in Atlanta, all were violations, irregularities, and illegalities of their respective state's legislature and election law. So this whole, well, no, 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 Trump needs to get over it. I said, mm-mm. Election integrity is still a big issue no matter how much you want it to go away. And if it doesn't happen in 2022, especially with the concept of mail-in ballots on such a huge scale, and Bill Barr even got into it with Wolf Blitzer back around 20, 2019, I, I'll, find the, uh, I'll find that. A piece of video and it's going to be a mess because COVID was the excuse for the 2020 election for all these mail-in ballots for the fraud that went on oh my goodness I mean it was inexplicable now maybe a few states is one thing but when you're doing it on a nationwide scale oh my gosh it's like if you're a fraudster you just got your Christmas present and your birthday all at the same time. So yeah, so the big lie that the election was secure is a lie. <laughs> the big lie is a lie. And Trump is once again right on a lot more than you're ever willing to admit to. So I don't know what you're thinking, but this is going to be an issue that's going to come around and stay around it's not going anywhere and it's being dealt with on the grassroots level so if you're one of those who's okay with you're thinking that the 2020 election was fine well <clears throat> sorry I mean you're living in a fantasy world or you are just plain intellectually dishonest so there you go but my friends it looks like by the clock on the wall I guess I'm ready to call it a day today I just want to thank you for, for listening. Uh, you can go to inblackandright.net to learn more. We just launched our presence and our page on locals.com. You can go to inblackandright.locals.com, become a member, and that will get you exclusive content that you're not going to find really on the audio or the video podcast that we do on Rumble and anywhere else. And, of course, if you want to send us an email, in right at gmail.com. So, for right now, folks, take care. Have yourself a great rest of the week. Enjoy your Monday. And remember, patriots come in all colors. <laughs>